Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. I thank our worship team for reminding us how great and how good God is. I think we need that reminder, especially in these times. And so my friends today, it really, I just want you to know we are so thankful that you've chosen to worship with us. And we're gonna tackle, wrestle, and dive into a topic that is of loneliness. It's called, Help, I'm Lonely. And so, friends, it was Mother Teresa who once said that loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. During this time, many people are experiencing the impactful emotion of loneliness. This emotion is often overlooked. This emotion often goes unaddressed. And because of the smiling mask that many of us wear, it actually goes unnoticed. However, loneliness is the friend of isolation. And without addressing this emotion, it can lead to very severe mental health issues. We should not confuse nor use followers, likes, and friends on social media always as companionship or to replace the feeling of being wanted. You see, loneliness distorts our view of ourselves and really is an enemy of the heart. Friends, we as people are made for community. We crave community. Therefore, without community, there is a void that makes it quite challenging to continue in life. And so, friends, if you want a working definition of what it means to be lonely, loneliness is defined as sadness, by the awareness of being or feeling alone. Does God's word really address loneliness? Absolutely. It does, especially in the book of Lamentations. You see, the book of Lamentations is the only Old Testament book that is saturated, I mean, filled to the brim, up to the top, full of laments. Laments is a theological term that is ultimately the expression of pain, grief, or sorrow in a passionate manner. You see, it was in 587 BC that Jeremiah, who is the author of Lamentations, he mourns and laments about the capturing of Jerusalem by the burning of the temple all by the Babylonians. You see, Jerusalem is experiencing hurt and pain, and Jeremiah is lonely. He's lonely in a state of mourning. In the midst of such calamity and loneliness, Jeremiah continues, however, to proclaim God's faithfulness. In the midst of this tragic destruction, Jeremiah proclaims right there in chapter 3, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Jeremiah, who is also known as by many as the weeping prophet, is weeping because the people have continued to turn their backs to God and to open their hearts up to sin. And now they're experiencing pain. 
But if we turn the mirror to our faith and our lives at this moment, we lament as well because we're lamenting the hospitals which are overflowing. We are lamenting those who are having to suffer in silence. We are mourning those who have died due to COVID-19. We grieve the death of impactful leaders such as C.T. Vivian and John Lewis. We lament not being able, all of us, to gather together. We grieve taking what was once normal for granted while attempting to adjust to a new normal. We lament businesses and some churches closing. And we pray. I mean, we pray. For better days. You see, lamenting, however, when you express passionately your painfulness, your sorrow, or your grief, it has a way of making us feel lonely. Hmm. But what we do in our loneliness, that's what matters. And so listen to Lamentations chapter 1 in all of its entirety, but we begin in verse 1, and the text reads from the New American Standard Version, how lonely sister city that was once full of people. She has become like a widow who was once great among the nations. She who was a princess among the provinces has become a forced laborer. Listen to Jeremiah's words. We see Jeremiah in verses one through six mourning over the present. He is mourning over how the city that was once filled and busting and booming with people is not anymore due to the fall of Jerusalem in their battle and their war with the Babylonians. This place is not beautiful anymore. It is a tragic construction scene and currently what is seen leads to lamenting and mourning. Jeremiah is mourning over the present and he uses figurative language and as he shares how the city of Jerusalem is weeping due to its current state and how her enemies are alive, well, and prospering. Jerusalem is in distress and even in verse 4 you catch a snapshot of how much distress they're in when in verse 4 it describes the priests are groaning. The women are in deep pain and the enemies of Jerusalem are prospering. Powerful words, right? Well, we arrive right here in verse six and verse six gives a vivid, I mean, snapshot and description as it reads more of Jeremiah's words. He says, all Jerusalem's majesty has departed from the daughter of Zion. Her princes have become like deer that have no pasture and they have fled without strength, before the pursuer. J Jerusalem and Jeremiah are experiencing what I like to classify a why is life this way type of moment. They've had their temple destroyed and now some of their citizens have been taken away as labor tools to Babylon. Jerusalem is being humiliated on the nation's stage and Jeremiah in loneliness is crying out to God asking, why God? Why have you allowed this to happen? Well, likewise, my friends, we do the exact same thing because we join this weeping prophet Jeremiah in the present state of our world. Do we not mourn over those who are lonely in the hospital and also in the jails? Do we not mourn for the homeless man or woman whose health is in danger as they sleep under a bridge? 
We even mourn right now over those who remain lonely and have had to transition all alone in a hospital room. We do mourn, just like Jeremiah, about our present circumstance. And in isolation, it's quite lonely, isn't it? In isolation, it's so easy to magnify our pain. But allow me to say this about mourning and lamenting. It is not wrong to mourn. It is not wrong to lament. But you do not have to be lonely in your mourning and lamenting. In this time, you are not the only one that is sad about the present state of our world. You're not the only one that is mourning over the issues that we've just stated. And so... We mourn together because if we stay together in our mourning, we do not have to feel lonely. However, in the text, we get to see loneliness personified because Jeremiah is mourning over the present. But yet, even in verses 7 through 11, we catch Jeremiah mourning over the past. Listen to Jeremiah's words in verse 7. He says, in the days of her affliction and homelessness, Jerusalem remembers all her precious things that were from the days of old, when her people fell into the hand of the adversary and no one helped her. The adversaries saw her, they mocked at her ruin. Do you hear the isolation in the text? Do you hear the loneliness in this text? And I love the way that you can couple a quote from F. Scott Fitzgerald, who once said that the loneliest moment in someone's life is when they are watching their whole world fall apart and all they can do is blankly stare. Realize that whatever issues arise normally are enlarged in isolation. When you are alone and become lonely, it seems as if nothing will get better and that everything is going wrong and that you are the only one that's having that problem. This is how Jeremiah feels. Jeremiah is mourning and he communicates to us how bad things are at the moment. But as he reflects and mourns, he thinks about the past and he shares that Jerusalem sinned greatly. And this is why they're experiencing what they're experiencing. They have no one to comfort them in Jeremiah's words. The enemy has entered into their sacred places, into their homes, and has destroyed every single thing that they have built. And then in verse 11, if that was not enough, Jeremiah says, all her people are starving. They're seeking bread. They've given their precious things for food to restore their lives themselves. See, O Lord, and look. I am despised. Do you hear these words? Not very hopeful. He's really, really in the throes of lamenting. Because in verse, from verses 7 through 11, we notice that Jerusalem did not listen to God's warnings. They did not heed God's instructions. They did not think about their future, and they lived in an immoral way. And now Jeremiah says that they're experiencing God's punishment. Jeremiah's traveling down memory lane. And he's showing us that what led up to this point was not great. But he also shows us what it means to be led by your loneliness. And I want to ask you a question right here as we pause the text for a minute. Are you obeying God or are you following your loneliness? 
See, obeying God communicates your love for God. But guess what? If you're being led by your loneliness, it only communicates your despair. You see, when we are lonely, it is essential that we find community because community gives us hope. Friends, I recently spoke to an older woman who is young at heart. And she, we, she expressed to me that she had been lonely during the times of quarantine and this pandemic. On top of her loneliness, she's also in a very big fight with breast cancer. And so we spoke. She detailed to me and described her situation. But over time, her voice, which was once hopeless, transformed into being hopeful. I watched the pitch of her voice go from downtrodden up to a high-pitched voice of happiness. I don't think that I'm the lonely whisperer or anything, but I do know for a fact that something great happens when we are all together. And so I charge you right now, in the middle of this message, find you a community. Find you a community, virtually or physically, that will uplift you when you find yourself full of loneliness. Because it is needed. When you're in isolation, your loneliness can take over, and loneliness can make you think that that emotion deserves to be your leader, and it does not. Loneliness can enslave our minds, but it can also enslave our hearts. And Jeremiah, we're seeing this in the text. He's weeping and mourning in loneliness over the present state of Jerusalem. He's weeping and mourning over the past mistakes of Jerusalem. But then he has a very buffet amount of emotions. He's frustrated. He's angry. He's sad. He's full of it at the moment. And guess what? He's mourning also about what God has allowed. It's in verses 12 through 17 that Jeremiah is detailing his pain and listen to his language. He says, there is no pain like my pain. Hmm. Jeremiah has become self-centered in his loneliness because loneliness has a way of allowing us to see a view that's, I mean, distorted. Hmm. And he's saying, God, how could you allow this type of suffering to Jerusalem? He's saying, God, I know that they turned their back against you, but I mean the pain that they are experiencing right now is just unfathomable. It's just not right. He is self-centered in his loneliness. All he cares about is Jerusalem and himself at this time. But if you look, even at verse 16, (laughs) Look at what he's saying. He's, he's, he's full of it. He's all the way submerged in loneliness as he says, for these things I weep. My eyes run down with water because far from me is a comforter. Do you hear that? He's, he's saying God's not with me at this time. He said far from me, there's not anybody that can comfort me in the pain that I'm experiencing. One who will restore my soul. Do you hear it? My children are desolate because the enemy has prevailed. He's saying, hey, I'm tapping out. He's saying, there's nothing else I can do. He's saying, this situation is not going to get better. He goes on to say, Jerusalem is all in this excruciating pain. You can see Jeremiah's loneliness. You can hear his loneliness. You can feel his loneliness. And in isolation, this loneliness has taken Jeremiah over. You see, 
When we experience loneliness without community, this is what loneliness does to us. It captures our mind and we see no way out. It puts us into a prison that we believe nobody cares about us, that we believe not even God cares about us. And we begin to think that we are all alone in the world without any help. Friends, we're guilty of doing the same thing here. That when we find ourselves smiling as if everything is okay, but yet we're lonely inside of our heart, we're lonely. We're guilty of doing the same thing where we become addicted to friends and followers on social media and we treat them like they're our real family and friends. We're guilty of the same thing when we become attention seekers and seek validation from everybody else but God. Even in our time of connectivity, there is still the capacity to find ourselves right here where Jeremiah is, lonely. But when we do not have people to hold us accountable, loneliness can lead your life. Jerusalem and Jeremiah, they are experiencing hardcore pain. But this pain is magnified because it's pain expressed in loneliness. You know what frustrates us most about God is the fact that God moves in ways that we sometimes have a hard time comprehending. This is what Jeremiah is experiencing. This is what Jerusalem is experiencing. But allow me to say it to you just like this. Just because you cannot comprehend it does not mean that God is not in it. You see, in the words of my mother, I can build an entire world around the things that you do not know. We don't know why God allows tragedy. We don't know why God allows pain. We don't know why this pandemic is continuing right now. We don't know why God allows death or racism or even allows murder. But we also don't know the expected end that God is leading us to either. We don't know. So go ahead, mourn in the moment. Mourn over your pain, but never forget that as you are mourning, God is still working on your behalf. As you are lamenting, God is still causing Romans 8 and 28 to come into fruition in your life. And so understand today, mourn away, but you do not have to mourn in loneliness. Look at Jeremiah. For 17 verses, he's mourned. For 17 verses, he has lamented. But look at Jeremiah's language change. It changes as a quick pivot happens in verse 18. In verse 18, you get to see Jeremiah say this, the Lord is righteous. Hmm. You see, now, when I read this the first time this week, I said, hold up. Wait a minute. You just talked all about the Lord raining down fire on you. The Lord, you don't have a comforter. You, the Lord is, everything's going wrong and all this is going, nothing's going right. And then all of a sudden, verse 18, pivot, the Lord is righteous. You see, that righteous word literally means that God is morally right. God is justifiable. He keeps on going saying that the reason that Jerusalem and Judah are literally going through this is because they turn their backs to God. He's taking responsibility for the pain that they are experiencing. But then look at Jeremiah. He's no longer lonely, is he? 
He's not accusing God of tragedy, but instead he's speaking well of God. You see Jeremiah shift from loneliness to community. But you know what I see here? I see that Jeremiah has come in contact with the resilient reminder. You see, there's a resilient reminder that even though pain is present, it doesn't mean that God is not. It's the resilient reminder that the Lord made a promise that he would never leave nor forsake us. And guess what? He's still right here in the midst of their pain. You get to see Jeremiah resiliently be reminded that the Lord walks with him and he walks with us no matter the circumstance. So you have to understand today that God is even present in the pandemic. Hmm. You have to understand today that the Lord is still present even though death may be occurring. You have to understand today that the Lord's presence gives us hope even when situations seem hopeless. And Jeremiah had a resilient reminder of this. It was like an alarm clock going off at five o'clock in the morning and you got to be at work at six. It's the reminder that you have to get up and go. And this is what the Lord is teaching Jeremiah and all of Jerusalem. But guess what? He's teaching all of us because we get to see that even though these people turn their back to God, even though they turn and they open their hearts full of sin, the Lord's with Jeremiah and he's also with us. Friends, sometimes we have to learn to communicate our problems, but not be led by our distortion. If you are suffering from any state of loneliness, I want you to know from me, you are not alone. God is right there with you. And so many times in our life, we seek out community from on Facebook, on on different social media platforms. And you know what? Our first community is actually God and us. We make a lot of wrong decisions because we don't realize that our first community is God and us. And if we work diligently in our relationship and community with God and us, God will open up and direct us into parts of earthly communities that mean us well and not harm. Friends, I want you to know that I know times are not desirable right now. I know that the death toll is rising. I know that reconciliation has not fully happened in the church nor in our world. But the Lord is faithful. I pray that this message is a resilient reminder that you are not alone. That loneliness, yes, does occur. But your first community, your first person to stand by your side is God. And God walks with you, talks with you, encourages you. All you have to do is acknowledge him. May we pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful that even when it seems like we are lonely, we are not. God, may we have some hope, God, that even in these times where we identify and describe our problem, that we are reminded that you are right there with us. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Friends, I want you to know that even now, even right now, there's a chance for you to join a community. And if you are suffering of loneliness, 
on the 24th of August, we are actually starting a virtual book club. It's, it's, and we're looking at a book called The Color of Compromise by Jamar Tisby. And you can join this conversation. We're meeting virtually. All you have to do is email altogether at spdl.org and you can be lonely no more. You can have community. We're going to hold each other accountable and we're going to learn all together. But friends, if you are watching virtually and you do not know Christ, I want to invite you to know Christ because knowing Christ is that community we just spoke about. You're never alone when you have accepted Jesus into your heart. So if you're watching right now and you want to accept Christ, just simply repeat a simple prayer after me. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of God's love. I believe that Jesus died for every sin that I could commit. And I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. If you have just prayed that prayer, God is all up in and through your heart and heaven is throwing you a party. And we are excited about it. Let us know about it. If you need any type of prayer, feel free. Email us at alltogether, A-L-L, together, one word, at spdl.org. It has been my pleasure to be with you. And I want to give you our Together Takeaway. And I pray that it can go straight through the week with you. The Together Takeaway is this. Loneliness shatters our lives, but God and community saves our lives. I'm going to say that one more time. Loneliness shatters our lives, but God and community saves our lives. I want you to have a great week. If God has moved in your heart and you want to give to this great ministry, feel free to go to speedo.org. There's a giving option there. And remember, you are not lonely. God is with you and find you a community virtually or physically that will walk with you. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.